0: To be able to take it to that next level, that's what I'm excited about. Mills quick
1: pass, Nico at the 5, Nico in the end zone, the dagger!
2: And Grenard with the sack, back at the 25-yard line. Touchdown, Houston! Rock and roll! Tremont Smith, coast to coast.
0: There is no off-season for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All-Access.
3: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a Thursday edition of Texans All Access. I am John Harris. Welcome into the show. Glad you are with us tonight. I hope that we have on the line with us Mark Vandermeer and John McClain. So I'll I'll throw it out there. The general John McClain, how are you doing, John?
1: I'm doing great,
3: John. How are you? I am doing surprisingly well on a Thursday, and I've got to start here. General, you missed Tuesday, your normal Tuesday show. You're back today with Landry and John, but it was John McClain Day on Tuesday. i got to ask, of all the different plaudits you received, all the different kudos and appreciation of your career at The Chronicle, where does this one rank, John McClain Day, hanging out with the mayor on Tuesday?
1: John, it caught me totally off guard when Mary Benton, uh, who works with Mayor Sylvester Turner, contacted me last Friday. At first, I thought it was a joke. And then uh, she asked me if I could do it Tuesday. And I said, well, of course, I'd be honored. And uh, I was. And what was interesting, as I was walking into City Hall, I remember the last time I'd gone through those doors was 1995, when Bob Lanier was our mayor, and uh, Bud Adams and he were sparring over the the uh oilers trying to get it money for a new stadium before or they moved to nashville and that brought back a lot of bad memories and as soon as i walked into city hall before the city council and uh it just blew me away and uh the whole the whole um event blew me away and one of the things i liked about it they gave me a proclamation framed they got ken ellis our outstanding artist at Chronicle, do a caricature of the general, and that was framed. Okay. And then I, and then Sylvester Turner brought up the fact that he went to U of H and I went to Baylor. And so I told him, maybe this is a, not a good time to remind you who eliminated the Cougars in Final Four last year. Yeah. And then he said, if he'd known I was going to do that, he'd take it all <laughs> back. And we we did a picture, we did turn and we took pictures Holding up, I was holding up the proclamation. He's holding up caricature, and he was doing the Cougars symbol, Go Cougs, and I was doing second bears. That was a hoot,
2: General. It's so great that you've had this uh, this wonderful time with people honoring you, and I know it's going to continue, and it's fantastic. So, uh, we were thrilled to be a part of it last week, having you on the show. Uh, And that was terrific. I know we're going to continue to talk about this stuff. We want your football expertise, though. First of all, your weather expertise, though. Is this not the most beautiful day in the history of the city of Houston and maybe planet Earth? My gosh.
1: I was certainly surprised when I got up and I had the windows up and I had to get under a cover. And then I thought, okay, it will get bad again. But man, it it I'd be great to be outside. I've been running around, went to Channel 2, went to Sports Radio 610. I've been on the move and I had my windows down, and, uh, man, oh, man, enjoy it while you can because we know it's not going to last.
2: Exactly. Now, three weeks from tonight, we're hoping to get the exact same kind of weather or something similar anyway for the draft party presented by Miller Life at Miller Outdoor Theater right next to the Houston Zoo, Herman Park. You've been there. You've seen it. It's awesome. General, your thoughts on, first of all, well, the party in general, but I want to know – what you're thinking, will there be a trade or not with the Texans' first two picks? Either one, both, whatever. Three and 13 in the first round. Your thoughts. First of all,
1: somebody's been going to Miller Outdoor Theater off and on since the 70s and watched them improve it through the decades. It's a great place to go. And I know the fans are pumped, as is everybody, to have a first-round pick again. Almost forgot what it was like. last one was Titus Howard, right? And... uh yeah. So to have a first-round pick again and a second-round pick, I was doing a couple of talk shows this week with stations that don't have first-round picks. I said, guys, I'm your man. I can tell you what it's like, what you need to do on draft day, on the first day, and if you don't have a second, I can do that too. And now I know the Texans are pumped, media's pumped, fans are pumped, everybody's pumped. I think we'd be naive to think Nick Casario wouldn't trade one of those to go down. Maybe he goes back up from 13. Who knows?
2: All right. right, let's. Uh, you know, this is a Sports Radio 610 thing, but we're going to use it during a Texans radio program. Chris Santiago, hit the breaking news sounder. Sports
3: Radio oh, yeah. 610, Houston Texans breaking news.
2: Okay, breaking news. Aaron Wilson reporting, maybe other people as well. But I got a tweet from him. Texans have agreed to a two-year extension with Brandon Cooks, according to a league source. Aaron Wilson reporting this. So Cooks gets a two-year extension with the Texans, reportedly. Gentlemen, let's start with you, General. Your thoughts on this.
1: I never thought for a minute that they were going to trade Brandon Cooks, as I said on Sports Radio 16 this week. How asinine would that be when you're trying to get a second-year quarterback to show improvement, and yet you're going to take away his leading weapon? That made no sense. And then, of course, they got to improve the running game. I think people around the league don't understand how impressive it was what Mills did down the stretch. with The last five games with the worst running game in franchise history. And so if Nick Casario bolsters that running game as we know he's going to do, and I sure hope he takes one of those backs in the second round, especially Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, and uh, that's going to help Mills. And keeping his best weapon with an extension makes it even better. I don't. I saw all, all these reports. Texans are talking about trading Brandon Brandon Cooks. It's more like teams might have called about his availability, and then when you see these national media reports, Cooks could be traded. Then other teams like, huh? Well, if he's on the if he's on the market, then let me call and see what it'll take. And so I think Casario, unless he signed it to an extension to trade him, which I doubt the happiest person out there, there's there's got to be two, uh, Davis Mills and Pep Hamilton, because Pep's in his first year as an offensive coordinator for the Texans, and he wants to have as many weapons as possible. So right now you'd have to think Cooks and Nico Collins are the starters, and they brought back some other receivers. But I still think they'll draft one, but I don't think it'll be in the first or second round. I see people having them take a first round pick as receiver in the first round a no. I heard a guy on the NFL network who played in the NFL for 13 years have the Texans taking a quarterback at number three and it was Sam Howell. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And so I could see with Casario having with his two fours, taking a receiver there, or I think it's more likely what we're going to see Casario do is what he did last year, use some of his extra picks to move back up to take a player he's targeted uh, that he really likes.
3: You know, one of my favorite radio stories, because you never know what happens, especially during the COVID year. And I I guess it it had to be in April or March at some point, and the three of us were doing a Thursday night show, and Mark and I were talking to you, John, and we're asking you questions, and then all of a sudden, there's just nothing on the other end. And because during COVID, like kind of we are now, we're in different locations, so we don't know what happened. We're like, is John just – did something happen to his phone? What's going on? And then we looked down on Twitter, and Brandon Cooks had been traded for from the Rams um, at that point to the Texans, and you were obviously getting information at that point. So that's always one of my, my favorite radio stories and, John, I was with you. I didn't think they were going to trade Brandy Cooks. Now, I've also said, you know, Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man, WWE, said everyone's got a price. And if somebody said, hey, we'll give you a first-round pick and this for Brandon Cooks, well, then, of course, you've got to consider it because everybody's got a price. But I don't think you were going to get that. And the one other thing, and to your point, General, I saw today, and I don't remember who tweeted it, but it was somebody tweeting, hey, all these different teams have been calling the Texans about Brandy Cooks. Well, they could have been offering a fifth-round pick. They could have yeah. been offering a sixth-round pick. You have no idea what they were offering. They would just call into Gage and say, hey, uh, what, would you, what would you give us for Brandy Cooks? Nobody came out and said, oh, yeah, we offered them two ones and a two. Nobody, I mean, that would happen, but we don't know that. We have no idea what teams were actually saying that they would trade to the Texans. So, at that point, it, it – Hopefully, this two-year extension will keep him in Houston because, General, I'm with you. I think if there's anything that has to come out of 2022, I go back to the fact that the Texans have got to find out what they have in Davis Mills because going into 2023, I don't think we can have this same conversation, John, and your thoughts on this. Going into 2022, eh, he's not the face of the franchise, but he's earned the opportunity to start another year. We got to know whether he's – going on that trek to be the face of the franchise, or it's just not going to get there. We need to start looking at a different quarterback. Do you look at Davis Mills, John, and look at that situation and say that it is potentially the most important thing to happen in
1: 2022? It's not potentially. It is because one of the reasons that Pat Hamilton stayed here, and he had a lot of offers to go as an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach is how much, how highly he thinks of Mills a lot of people around the country, and there's local people, they just can't can't sink their teeth into that. I wrote a column for the Chronicle, I think two weeks ago, saying that Mills was the best rookie quarterback in the NFL down the stretch. And I compared his record and his statistics with Mac Jones, who started to fade. And Jones had a top running game and a top defense. You put Mills up there with the Patriots with a top running game and a top defense, he would have been the best for the season. So I, I, knowing what Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton and Nick Casario think about him, he is the guy. Now, they won't come right out and say that because I think they're probably hoping, okay, at number three, maybe people think they might take Malik Willis because they haven't come right out and endorsed Davis Mills. So maybe we better give them a draft choice to to swap spots, like, say, Carolina. And with the Texans having so many needs, they couldn't go wrong. And But uh, based on everything I've been told about how smart Mills is, how hard he works, how he disseminates things so well, and how he's respected by his teammates. He's tough mentally. I go back to that five-interception practice where we just blasted him up one side and down the other. He didn't pay attention to it, came back the next day and had a really good practice. And the coaches love that. You know, you can't tell a guy, throw five interceptions, but they wanted to see how he recovered, and they saw what they wanted. And the fact that he only started 11 games in college, that made his performance even better. And so this time next year, if he hasn't made the progress they want, then they'll be in the market for another quarterback. in next year's draft, assuming Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud come out like everybody thinks they will, is going to be a whole lot better draft than this one
2: for quarterbacks. John, Whitney Merciless calls it a career 2012 first-round draft choice for the Texans. We all know he wrapped up with the Packers. But, obviously, the vast majority of his career with this franchise, how would you characterize Whitney's career with the Texans? Good
1: player, great person. Whitney did so much for Houston, and I hope he's still going to live here and uh, and do continue to do as many good things in the community as he did. What, there's something before that 2012 draft Rick Smith and Gary Kubiak told me that we're talking about players and, and both of them said individually of each other how much they liked Illinois defensive end Whitney Merciless and and most mock drafts had him going earlier well I'm sitting in the New York at the draft and I think we're at Radio City Music Hall. I'm sitting next to Shereen Williams, my best friend in the League Four, star telegram at the time, and now pro football talk. And I told her as teams passed up merciless that I thought might take him, I said, I'm telling you what, if he's there, Texans are going to take him. And he was, and Rick Smith didn't hesitate, and he took him. And one of the things I always appreciated about Whitney, and there's other players I could say that, about this, DJ Reader, John Weeks, uh, Tyron Matthew, when he was here, Jason Reed, guy, Jonathan Joseph, guys that sat, their lockers were close to the entrance when the media came in. A lot of guys disappeared, and they would come in when we asked to interview them. Whitney was always at his locker, and if you went up just to BS with him or if you asked to talk to him, he was always available. Such a class act, and, and we in the media, and I know you guys too, appreciated him so much. Uh, the kind of person he is, kind of player he was. And there's no doubt in my mind he can he's going to do a lot of great things post-career. And I'm guessing the reason he retired now is because he's got some irons in the fire, which he's had uh, for years.
3: Ten-year career, Whitney finishes it in Green Bay for a couple of games, but basically finished it here. A few of the great games he had were against the Jacksonville Jaguars throughout his career. And, John, the Jaguars sit at the top, and I saw Ian Rappaport and NFL Network say, eh, the Jaguars aren't getting any calls for the number one pick. Well, uh, no bleep, Sherlock. It's not going to happen. So the Jaguars are going to be on the clock to make a pick. John, if you were Trent Balky, Doug Peterson, all wrapped into one, and you could make that decision, God bless you for that, but you were going to make the decision, where do you think the Jaguars go at number one?
1: I think if they have Aiden Hutchinson rated his eyes, everybody else, they take him and they pair him opposite Josh Allen and they hope to keep him healthy and and terrorize AFC AFC South quarterbacks for years. And and then Trayvon Walker is the – some people have him rated ahead of Hutchinson. That's only happened in shorts and T-shirts. And so maybe he'll be drafted higher. He just visited the Texans as part of the 30 players who can come in And he's a tremendous prospect, too. The key is, to me, what Detroit does. Some people are trying to pencil in Malik Willis there. If they put Malik Willis, a quarterback, that until he got in shorts and a T-shirt, people were saying go the bottom of the first round, maybe the second. Maybe somebody envisions him as Patrick Mahomes. I don't think so. People say he needs a year to watch and learn. But the key is for them to take a player the Texans don't want. And if they say they took Hutchinson and, and the Walker went second to Detroit, and then that gives Nick Casario, everybody else in the draft. A lot of people haven't taken Trayvon, Kayvon Walker in the, I'm sorry, Kayvon Thibodeau. And I'll say this. If you have the third pick in a draft, you can't take a player who has question marks. And Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, People talk about him taking players off. He's so offended about it. Maybe he'll go to the Hall of Fame. Maybe he'll be great. Uh, and he should have a big chip on his shoulder, which he already does. But people that I trust their opinion, and that's former GMs, coaches who are in the media, they're hearing the same things. That, yeah, he took some plays off. Doesn't mean he will in the NFL. But to me, you can't tr- take a guy that you wonder, okay, will he play hard all the time? And maybe that's who Nick Maseri will take, but I'd prefer him to take another position like Ikiakuanu, Evan Neal to beef up the running game and the pass protection, or Kyle Hamilton, you know, the best safety in years. One of those guys, because they don't have questions.
2: Well, you mentioned Malik Willis might be better suited to watch and learn, but Mahomes actually did that himself, so there's that. I know it was a very unique situation being picked by the Chiefs, the way they moved up to get him and then put him on the bench behind Alex Smith where he could learn. Uh, Johnny and I did a show about quarterback inflation the other night. It was kind of entertaining. It's on the Texans app. General, the Brandon Cook signing, what does it do if the Texans see a really good wide receiver in the crosshairs? They have Nico, they have Cooks, and I'm sure they're going to take a receiver. I'm actually not sure, but I would think they would take a receiver at some point in this draft. But relatively early on, what does the Cook signing mean for the prospects of that happening?
1: It means they don't have to target a receiver higher than they want to. They have five of the top 80 picks, plenty of needs, two fours. I could see them taking a receiver in the third or the fourth round. And, you know, I've told uh, John Lopez and I were talking today, he would have taken a second. I said, I would not take a second. For Cooks, I said I would take a first for Cooks if somebody made you an offer you couldn't refuse because then you got to have a receiver. And there's no guarantee any of these wide receivers is going to be good. i tell you something I wish Casario would do, and I don't think it'll be in the first round. He'd have to trade back into the first round. But I'd love to see Jason Williams, Williams who blew out his knee at Alabama, who would be the highest rated receiver if he hadn't been hurt and then put him on the shelf till he's ready. But I don't think the Texans could do that. They don't have the luxury with so many needs. But I do think Nick will be making deals, and and, and it'll be to trade up or it'll be for 2023 because you don't want to have 11 draft choices and a couple of undrafted rookies on your roster. That's just too many young guys. And so I think that he'll go in. Say if he goes in with 11, he might come out with eight players or nine players at extra draft choices next season. If it gets to 13, see Kenny Pickett's there. Willis is gone. And there are a couple of teams dying to get Kenny Pickett. Maybe he could pick up another one, number one pick in 2023. I believe that this is phase two of the rebuild. and 2023 is when they're going to be really competitive again, maybe a wild card contender, depending on what happens with Mills, and that's what you need to really beef up in that draft. Casario's already pointed out they're going to have 100, over $100 million, uh in salary cap room in 2023, so he'd be more inclined to spend more money on targeting a couple or three free agents. So he's got to have some a- extra ammunition in the 2023 draft, and I think he'll get it in this one.
3: John, speaking of extra ammunition in the 2023 draft, the Eagles and Saints made a deal this week. The Saints ended up – they had 18. They ended up with 16 and 19. The Eagles had three picks. They go down to two picks, 15 and 18, but then they get a first next year and a second. What do you think the
1: motivation was for both sides to make that deal? There was instant speculation, John, that the Eagles did it to try to beef up the next year's draft in case they have to get a quarterback – and they're not sold on Jalen Hurts, that this is a year for him to prove it. And then they would have to, I imagine, package picks to move up, depending on who they wanted. And then the Saints, Saints need a left tackle. I mean, that I don't know if they're going to package this to move up. And this is a deep draft for offensive tackles, but they lost Terran instead to the uh, Dolphins in free agency. And so they've got to find a replacement. Up front, and they have some other needs, but uh, I don't see them. Maybe I'm wrong. Packaging those picks to move up to get one of these quarterbacks.
2: John, uh, quick story time here. I happen to have the longest yard on the screen the other night because it was on the channel guide, and I just punched it in, and your scene came on the scene where obviously they're playing the big game and you and Peter King and others are in the press box. Where was that shot? How was that?
1: Uh, One of the things I asked them to let me do, because I've been in several movies by the two producers that that, uh, did that. And, and I, and I asked, uh, um, Jack Garaputa, who was a longtime producer for his best friend Adam Sandler, if I could put together some media people that would help publicize the movie. And so he said, okay, we got a press box scene. So Peter King, Sam Farmer, Adam Schefter, Jay Glazer, I got them all. They flew us all out first class from our cities, put us up in really nice hotels, limoed us to, uh, from the airport to the hotel, then to the, to the, uh, uh set and the set was on the Sony lot in Culver City. And what was really fun, the night before we get there, we go to the open air bar in the hotel and I said, Isn't Chris Berman here? And they said, Yeah, he came in, he was tired from flying across country. So I went and woke up Chris, said come down here and have a drink with us. And he was too tired, but he did. And as soon as he got there, everybody wanted to talk to Chris Berman. So Chris stays up talking to fans, talking to us you know, And then he's got a wake-up call at like 6 a.m. He said, that's okay. I only got two pages of dialogue. I'll knock it out and go back to Connecticut. So when we get there about 2 o'clock, he's still on the set because they liked him so much they gave him like six pages of dialogue. So he'd been there shooting all day, and I knew how uh, miserable he was after the night before, but he pulled it off like a pro. So we we were set up as a press box in the – in uh, the studio at Culver City, and they had told us to bring you know laptops, whatever we would need, in a press box. And one of the things the director said, "Now, when Adam scores the touchdown, he's going to run over Bosworth and Romanowski, and when he scores, I want you guys to stand up and cheer." <laughs> and they all look at me, and I said, uh, "I'm sorry, we don't do that. What do you mean don't do that? We don't cheer in the press box. You get kicked out. Well, it's in the script." I said, we can't do that. Are you kidding? We'd be humiliated. And Adam Sandler comes around the corner where he's watching on a monitor. He says, hey, they're the professionals. They know what they would do. Let them do whatever they want to do. And so he did, and we did it, and it was a lot of fun.
2: All right. Well, good story. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie. It was good. It was good. Good to see it again. Good to see uh, Sandler and the boys, Chris Rock, Michael Irvin, do their thing. General, I must do like
1: uh, Spring Breakers.
2: Uh, you know what? You know what? The Which thing about Spring Breakers, it? I I <laughs> no, I've only seen like like forty five minutes of it. One night I was watching it, and I thought this is a way darker movie than I expected. I thought it was gonna be like zany Spring Breakers. It's kind of dark, general. It's
1: at the it's premiere. Kinda, my wife said after the opening scene, slow mo on the beach, topless. She said, "There's uh." way too many breaths in that movie and i said (laughs) honey there's no such thing (laughs) guys thank you very much i appreciate it as always i look forward to talking to you next week
2: sounds good john mcclain joining us three weeks from tonight we have the draft live right here And also at Miller Outdoor Theater. You can attend. Go to HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app for more information on that. Johnny and I have a lot to get to. Whitney retires. There was Ring of Honor discussion. I want to get into that a little bit. There's also a Pick'em contest for the first five games on the Texans schedule. You get it right. You win a whole bunch of stuff. Go to the Texans app to register. And Johnny and I... Uh, prove that we've been working together for a number of years based on our predictions. Uh, Let's go over that next here on Texans Radio.
0: Texans All Access continues in a moment. Texans fans, do you want to win a trip to Las Vegas to support your Houston Texans in this year's draft? Mattress Firm is providing one lucky fan with round-trip airfare for two to Las Vegas. A two-night stay at a hotel, two tickets to the draft, and a $500 food and beverage voucher. Go to HoustonTexans.com slash draft contest to enter to win this unforgettable experience. That's HoustonTexans.com slash draft contest, courtesy of Mattress Firm, the official sleep partner of the Houston Texans, or of the Houston Texans, or of the Houston Texans, or of the Houston. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans.
2: Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you. Okay. Brandon Cooks reportedly signs a two year extension with the team. That's good news. And Johnny, you know what else is good news? If we have him on Texans Monday oh. every Monday morning during the season, that'd be cool because we did last year and he was awesome. So I hope they, he'd be I a hope good guy to get once in, again.
3: I hope they bake that into the contract. I hope now maybe that's a different contract. <laughs> I don't know. But I hope it's baked in somewhere. I I, I really had a I had a fun time talking to Brandon last year. It was great, and he joined us every time, no matter what. Came back from Buffalo after just being pounded by rain and get beat forty nothing. Joined us, talked about the whole thing. I mean, he was great. He was absolutely great. I saw that that tweet right as we started the show. From I saw Rappaport's. So I didn't see Aaron's, but uh, either way, the fact that it gets done. It's a two-year extension. You know, Brandon is twenty-eight right now. Two years takes you to thirty. I mean, it just gives him hopefully a little bit more comfort. And obviously, two years is not long, but it gives him some comfort. It gives the team, I would imagine, with two years, there's probably some sort of bonus that they can uh, extend the cap hit. So I, I, I love it. I, I, absolutely love it. And so your receiver core at that point is is pretty similar to what you had last year. And then you throw in Deshaun Hamilton. Who came over from the Broncos? Who is one of the best route runners I've ever seen. I, I've I've never seen anybody run routes like that. Really? It's just a matter of whether Deshaun can stay healthy, and if he can stay healthy, you know he gets added to the mix as well. I I still think they'll add a young receiver, and but maybe it's a maybe it's a different type of guy. Maybe it's a guy like Wandale Robinson who you can put in the backfield and let him carry the football. You know, he could be kind of a mini Debo Samuel. Maybe it's somebody of, of that ilk. Um, even a guy like Jaquez Ezard, who I love at Sam Houston State, who played receiver but looks a little bit like a running back. He's got great hands, and he can go in the slot. Maybe that's, some, maybe that's the player they look at to add to the mix, especially if, if Danny Amendola does not come back, if he is truly retired or, or it moves on. I don't know. But uh, I would think receiver moves down the list a little bit, so maybe there's some clarity from that perspective. But even if, Mark, they want to look at a slot or a weapon X sort of guy, They can do it a little bit later in the draft and get creative with that if they choose.
2: Well, I like what you said about Hamilton's route-running ability because I think that will go well with Mills. And Mills is such a technician. uh, That could be a productive combination. It might be too many Hamiltons on the team in the organization if they draft (laughs) Kyle Hamilton, have Deshaun Hamilton, Pep Hamilton, the offensive coordinator. Hamilton, you know, if they draft Kyle Hamilton – I think we've got to take that Hamilton Broadway musical poster and put his picture on it somehow in that silhouette form, however they do it, and we'll work with uh, that with the graphics department. I don't know. But we'll see what happens here. We like Brandon Cooks. I think he's an underrated player. It's funny to see everybody finally – it's almost like this week with all this talk, people are finally starting to see his productivity and flashing the numbers up there and they're saying hey you know what he's a really productive receiver yeah no kidding we've been trying to tell you guys i've been trying to point that out every single week this season the numbers he puts up and has put up historically currently all over the place it's really cool johnny whitney merciless retires and on sports radio 610 i think especially with ron and clint they were talking about ring of honor and things like that look to me In the Ring of Honor right now, you have Mr. McNair, you have Andre Johnson. They have not released criteria yet for Ring of Honor qualifications. I'm thinking, though, that it's going to stay with the Andre Johnson's J.J. Watts of the world. It could change. But if you open it up wider than that or a lot wider, well, then there's so many names you could have up there. and You could fill up the whole ring maybe too quickly. I'm not... You know, I'm not going to judge how fast is too fast for some players or how many is too many, but it just feels like, you know, Whitney's a really good player for this organization, certainly one of the best ever that the Texans have had, but I don't know yet. I, I just think it's one of those things where he might need to be honored in a different way or acknowledged in a different way. I think the ring of honor is J.J. J. Watt. And then after that, I really can't tell you exactly how it's going to go down uh, I can think of one other player who, when he retires, warrants consideration, but we'll save that for another day.
3: I agree with you. I, I it's funny when I got into sports radio in two thousand seven, and even before that, you know the conversations of you know who goes in the Hall of Fame and and all that, and the the, the conversation of who goes in the Hall of Fame, who deserves to be in a Hall of Fame. Pick your sport or pick your activity. I mean, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, name, name whatever activity you want. There's always controversy as to how it is selected, seen, respected, all that kind of stuff. I have always, always been of a mindset that going into the Hall of Fame is special. Going into a ring of honor is absolutely special. You have to be a special dude to go up in the Ring of Honor, and you look at the two names that are up there right now: founder Bob McNair and Andre Johnson. I mean, they set they set the bar for what they were able to do for this organization. Now, with players, it becomes—I don't say—it's e- easier because you can look at qualitative assessments. Take, for instance, a guy like Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan Joseph went to two Pro Bowls. Uh, he had the interception record with the Texans. There's some numbers and uh, some mm-hmm. stats and things that you can put behind the name, if you will, and that's going to that's going to help put a guy like potentially Jonathan Joseph over the top. I want it to be the special of the special. It's been 21 years of, of, of 21. We going to year 21, is that right? Into Season year 21? 21,
2: correct. Yeah, yes. year
3: 21. So I, I don't want it to be watered down well if this guy makes it well then this guy ought to make it i think you're exactly right i think it'd be for the the drays the you know the players that have been referred to as the as the goats i mean andre johnson was referred to as the goat um you know bob mcnair obviously because he's the founder of the team his team doesn't exist without a houstonian of bob McNair's stature so yeah those two make a lot of sense and i don't want to take away from whitney in any way shape or form we talked about all the the great things that he did I just think you have to be at a different level to go up in mm-hmm. uh, in a Ring of Honor. That well, that's always been my opinion, but put the criteria to it, and, and that's hugely important. When you when when you sit down and you and you figure out what's the criteria, just because you you don't put somebody in a Ring of Honor doesn't mean you can't celebrate the career that player had for the Houston Texans. Right. I, I think you can de- you can still do that for sure. You can celebrate them in some way, shape, or form. But going up in the Ring of Honor. Now, that's that's a special, you wear the red jacket, Mark Vandermeer runs down at halftime trying to get uh, to the <laughs> announcement down the field sort of thing. That's, that's the ring of honor to me. And that's the way I will look at it from now on. What players deserve Mark Vandermeer running down from the booth, allowing me and Dre to call the last couple plays of play-by-play for you oh, to get geez. down in the field and emcee and the ceremonies?
2: Yep. What player uh, is
3: that? That's the I'll, way I'm going to assess it from now on.
2: Both of those have been so good because <laughs> they, uh, Jackie Maldonado <laughs> supervises setting up the stage and everything and the seats on stage. And by the time we get set up, which takes less than 90 seconds to set up the stage, it looks like it's been up there all afternoon. I mean, yes. the look of it in the podium and I get up there and it just feels like we've been set up for this all day. No, we just played a football game here, the first half of one, and set this thing up in less than 90 seconds. And we have... I remember rehearsing the Andre Johnson one. We had, I think it was five minutes to get everything done for me to introduce Mr. McNair, to uh, give Andre Johnson that, what was it, the red jacket, and induct him into the Ring of Honor, and he says a few words, and then it's over. And you have less than five minutes for all of that. So everybody knows. And also, for Andre Johnson, he came through the line a la... It was almost like that Super Bowl Lombardi Trophy parade, you know, that walk while you're being saluted (laughs) by all those former players that were in town that week, which is such a such a special weekend. Anyway, I digress that uh, I agree with you. Uh, You know, if you look at the one player up there right now, he's Hall of Fame worthy. Right. And that doesn't mean you're terrible or you're bad if you're not Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, you could still have been a tremendous contributor to the organization. What I don't want, Johnny, is the Colts. The Colts' ring of honor makes no sense to me. This is a proud franchise. All right, let's just look at – never mind what they did in Baltimore, which is phenomenal, with Johnny Unitas, Raymond Berry, the list goes on and on, right? But what they've done in Indy with Peyton Manning, going to multiple Super Bowls, uh, some of the great players – But Jim Harbaugh is in the Colts' ring of honor because he quarterbacked them to an AFC championship game appearance. Bill Brooks, who I really like because he went to my alma mater, Boston University, and BU doesn't have football anymore. They dropped it in 1997. So I love it that Bill Brooks is immortalized in the Colts' ring of honor. But that kind of player, even though he's really good for them relative to what they were doing when they first got to Indy, that kind of player, does that really belong in a ring of honor for a franchise like that? Let's just keep it real stringent, uh, and we'll see where it goes from here as far as the way they honor people. All right. This contest we have on the Texans app and on HoustonTexans.com, where you have to predict the first five games of the Texans schedule. There are great prizes to be had here. I mean, this is really cool stuff, and if you allow me, I will read you some of them because—and I'm going to give you our games here after the break—but— the grand prize is a vegas vacation including 3 nights at caesar's rewards uh, caesar's rewards destination $500 in credit $400 credit transportation airfare 2 season tickets oh my gosh plus 2 season tickets That's just the grand prize. Prize number two is four club tickets and parking to a game chosen uh, by the Texans. So we don't know the schedule yet, so we're going to pick that one. And then third prize, $100 gift card, Texans Team Shop. But, man, that grand prize is good. Go to the Texans app to sign up. We'll give you our picks and why so we can sort of coach you through this, help you along to try to win this baby, among other things, next here on Texans All Access.
0: More Texans Radio is on the way. Texas Children's Hospital is proud to be the official children's hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60. (whistles) Getting kids moving for just 60 minutes a day can improve bone health, fitness, brain function, attention, and academic performance. Join us in our commitment to the Houston Texans and play 60 because at Texas Children's Hospital, everything we do is to ensure your family's future is a healthier one. Texans radio, the drive continues.
2: All right. Texans reportedly signed Brandon cooks to a contract extension, two year deal. We had John McClain on earlier to talk about it, and if you missed it, well, he tweeted something recently, so I'll read you the tweet from the general. It would have been preposterous to trade Brandon Cooks when the Texans expect Davis Mills to make huge improvement next season. Mills was stuck with the league's – oh, I don't want to read this. The worst running game last year, but, you know, it wasn't very productive. <laughs> How ridiculous would it have been to trade his best weapon in Cooks? Uh, and I think it's been pointed out on the station, on uh, the Sports Radio 610 shows, that Mills actually was productive without Cooks in the Charger game and the second half of the Titan game. He lit it up. But I think we all agree that you're better with Cooks than you are without Cooks. Hardly breaking news. Johnny, we promised this. We got to get to it. The contest to pick the first five games of the Texans' schedule. This is a lot of fun. And here's the disclosure. We all joined forces. Actually, we didn't join forces. We all picked this separately. And D.P. Sidhu put together an article of all of our picks, all right, meaning D.P., Drew, Johnny, me. Johnny and I picked the exact same two games to open the season without discussing it. That is amazing. (laughs) Home against Indianapolis, on the road against the Giants, and we just – Pick the same ones. And it's funny because I've been working with Andre Ware for 20 years, and we can finish each other's sentences. And I'm starting to get that way with you, Johnny, after working with you since 2014. But we yeah. think the same way. Why did you pick home against Indy to open up the schedule as I a just, prediction?
3: I mean, they've, they've been at home so often to start the season. And it always feels like it has some sort of kind of algorithm to it. And I was like, man, we've we've played Jacksonville now early at home in 19- Uh, We played them early in 2020, but it was like week five. So it was still early. So I kind of felt like, no, it won't be Jacksonville. Tennessee's usually later in the year. You know what? The last time, I was like, what's the last time we played the Colts at home? And I thought, oh, man, maybe they go back that far to the algorithm, 2010, 2011. It's like, all right, I'm going with that. I'm starting with Indy at home. Had no rhyme or reason other than the fact that that's an algorithm we haven't seen in a while from the, the schedule makers. And so I thought home to start away. All right, away who from the nfc east makes sense i thought ooh week 2 new york yeah that makes mm-hmm. sense let's go with that and so indian new york for uh, and we went to we went to new york and we oh that was the other thing we went to new york in week 3 in 2014 we played new york week 3 in 2018 so i knew it was going to be within the first first 3 weeks and so it just happened to fall at number two. And so I, that's how I came to it. I didn't know there's any rhyme or reason to it. But I tried to look at times, you know, when did we play NFC East teams in 2018, 2014. And I kind of tried to follow that a little bit when I was going through here. But I also figured one of mine was week four, home versus Cleveland. And I don't know what this, if there's going to be a suspension for Deshaun Watson or not. I feel like that Cleveland game will be early within the first four weeks or it will be the last four weeks. I don't know why I just feel that way. I just feel like th- this, this whole thing's going to drag on and the suspension's going to come at a weird time, I have a feeling. So I went with Cleveland at home week four, Chicago on the road week three, and then finishing week five at Dallas. We've never played Dallas later than week six. So I figured, you know Ooh. what, let's put them at week five. So I'm going uh, with away Dallas week five.
2: I'm the only one of us four that did not pick the Dallas game to take place in the first five, but I think you guys have a great point. In fact, it's funny that you and I picked the same opener and the same second game. Drew and Deepy picked the same opener at Chicago. They both think the Texans open up at Chicago for their prediction of the first five games of the Texans' schedule. And, again, a big trip to Las Vegas, including season tickets to Texans' games uh, at stake here. Go to the Texans app for more. I like DPs here, though, at Dallas Thursday night football oh. week three, except for one thing. We can't get the battle red out there at yeah. Dallas on a Thursday night. we got to have this one on a Sunday so everybody can make the trip and just yeah. spoil the home field advantage of the Cowboys. What if it's on Thanksgiving? I'll take that. I'll take that right now. Are you kidding? I'll take Thanksgiving at Dallas. That's easy. And we get to come home in time for turkey. That's perfect. And yeah, by the way, true. The Christmas weekend schedule, when it comes out, here's what what it's going to look like. Three games on Christmas Day, which is Sunday, Sunday. and then the majority of the games on Saturday. So they'll do the majority of the Sunday schedule on Saturday. Christmas Day will be three games, and we'll see where the Texans end up in that when the schedule comes out in May. But before that, we've got the draft coming up three weeks from tonight at Miller Outdoor Theater. Sign up, HoustonTexans.com. We've got a lot of people who have signed, who have registered, who want to go attend the first night of the draft at Miller Outdoor Theater. Of course, Johnny and I will be out there with Andre, Robert Hensley, bringing you all the first-round activity. Cecil Shorts will be out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Thank you, Johnny. Can't wait for tomorrow night's show, 6 o'clock. Plenty to go over. Brandon Cooks reportedly signs a two-year extension. A lot to discuss. Thank you, Chris, for producing. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans.
0: This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.
2: Ashley is proud to call Houston home. We believe your
0: personal style makes your house a home. Discover incredible styles, selection, and quality at a price to fit any budget. Ashley has just the looks and options you need.
3: Explore totally different styles and trends all in one place. Finding the perfect furniture and home decor makes it easy for you to create a home you love to live in. We have 12 Houston
2: area locations to serve you. Ashley, proud partner of the Houston Texans.